guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. All right, open your Bible to 1 Kings chapter number 5. 1 Kings chapter number 5. We'll read one verse. Thank you, Jamie. We'll read one verse. Behold, verse 5, chapter 5, verse 5. Behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. As the Lord spoke unto David my father, this is King Solomon speaking. As the Lord spoke unto David my father, saying, Your son, whom I will set upon your throne in your room, he shall build a house unto my name. Somebody say, rise up and build. There comes a place in everybody's life where you have an option to do the hard thing or to just keep going. By every standard, our church is successful. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm just, we're just talking. This is vision weekend. By every measure, our church is successful. We see people born again. We see people baptized in the spirit. We see radical healings take place. We see miracle signs and wonders. Families are restored right here. But I am convinced with everything on the inside of me that God does not leave us even if where we are is better than where we were. My Bible said God takes us from glory to glory to glory. And so I feel the same, the same timeline hitting New Heights Church as maybe Solomon was feeling when he said, it's time to purpose to build a house in the name of the Lord. See, there's people that they can't come into this room right now because of our capacity. They can't, they can't come into this room because of, because of how, how much parking we have or don't have. So for you and for me, when we expand, we have to understand it's not real estate we are expanding for. Real estate is a byproduct of why we are expanding. We are expanding expanding so that we can see more people have the opportunity to choose Jesus Christ. And one of the things that uh, the Lord really gave me a resolution on over the past month or two as I was spending time with him, I I just heard him say to me, he said, "You'll, you'll always be in construction. And I looked at my life and I sat down with Crystal. I said, I said, baby, let's just look. There's never been a time in my life, my adult life, and I could even go into my childhood where I was not attached to construction in some way or another. So why would it be different in the kingdom? Come on, why, why do we go and, 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 and press and, and strive in one direction that doesn't have eternal effects when we, and then when we get to the things that are eternal, it, not you and me, but, but people just, it's almost like they, they go not, maybe not into neutral, but they just go down a gear or two. I don't want to go down a gear. I don't want to, I don't want to have, uh, you know, the encounter with Jesus and have him say, you know, Hey, why did you work so hard in this area? But when it came to expanding my kingdom, it, it looked like it was maybe half effort. Why, 
why, why were you so passionate uh, about your, about your vocation or your job, which is good, which I could hear the Lord saying, I gave you the job. I wanted you to do it well, but why were you so passionate about that? But when it came to expanding my kingdom, it's almost like you, you, you did it with one arm instead of two. I don't want that encounter. So I've just come to this beautiful resolution with the Lord where I'm, since we'll always be in construction, we just as well enjoy it. Yeah. What is the end point? There may be checkpoints, but there's no end points. My end point is 120 years old in my right mind. And if I have my say, it'll be a chariot of fire coming Uber me out of here. But until that day, in the name of Jesus, we will be expanding the kingdom of Almighty God. Now, this is not happening everywhere. And I'm not here to talk about anybody or anything. I'm just telling you this is not happening everywhere. A lot of people get very uncomfortable when you talk like this. I do not get uncomfortable talking like this. I get uncomfortable when, when, when things seem too placid. I'll, get, I'll just say it differently. I would rather have wildfire than no fire. I don't, I don't want to go and say, Lord, we did everything we could explain. I don't want to go and say, we, we did everything we could explain. I want to go and say, we might have had to have you pull us out of the waves a time or two. But praise the Lord, we didn't stay in the boat if you were on the water. I want to see God move. I want to, I want to see families change. One of my favorite things and drives me the most is to see people's lives change, to see their family come together. And I have found it is the most rascally rascals that make the best testimonies. It's, it's the most rascally rascals. It's, it's the one that, oh, I don't think anything would ever change. And before you know it, they get in the presence of Almighty God. The Shekinah glory of God gets on the inside of them. Their sin is washed away white as snow. They become a new creature in Christ. They are radically filled with the Holy Spirit. And for the rest of their days, they become an ambassador for this new kingdom. Give God a hand of praise if you have experienced. If you have experienced that. Because what, what, where we are as a church is it's time for us to rise up and build. Now, the timeline of it in the world is like the worst time. Because every single thing costs like five times more than it cost two years ago. And this is not an exaggeration. This is the way it is. So for you and for me, we could sit and go, you know what? We'll just wait till prices come down. I don't know when prices are going to come down. And I don't care when prices are going to come down because God supplies our needs according to his riches and glory, not according to inflation. So for you and for me, it's time to expand. Somebody say expand. It's time for us to stretch ourselves and to see what God would do. The season that our church is in right now, we, we uh, this time of year, we get ready to give towards growth. Remember, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will exist. You, you can't affect your harvest whenever it's harvest time. And many of you in this room who sowed last year into giving towards growth are living at a blessed level that you were not at last year that is connected to the seed that you sowed last year. It just makes sense. So for us, we're focusing and we're getting our, our mind and we're getting our spirit in line with what God would have us to do on Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday is December 12th. 
December 12th is whenever we're going to get together and we're going to sow and we're going to give into the growth and the, and the rise up and build campaign as well as make some commitments in that area as well. This Friday night, I got together with all of our kingdom builders. Shout out to all the kingdom builders in the room. The kingdom builders are the tip of the spear. That's those of us that when we start talking about money and giving, we just want to do more and more and more and more and more. Now, the beauty of that is when you do that, it sets you up for a larger future. As a matter of fact, so it was in 1 Kings chapter number 5 that, that Solomon began to call on, on, on people to, to get ready to build the temple. But a couple, of, a couple of chapters before that, something interesting happened. He was having an encounter with God right at the time where he was going to ask God for wisdom or understanding. And the Bible says that he offered, listen to this, 1,000 burnt offerings to God. How many of you think Solomon probably did his very best? Now, now don't, don't, don't get too radical in this because it, you know, it was a different time and, and everything is a little bit different. But there's not a trailer on the planet that will hold a thousand sheep or a thousand cows. That means this brother put in some radical effort to get this done. This was not just something that he haphazardly did. Who in here has any livestock at all? Just wave at me. If you have livestock, you understand. You don't put them in your car seat like you do your kids. <laughs> if you want to take them across town and where he made that offering, the Bible says it was at a high place. So that means he had to figure out how to get these sacrifices up to this high place. That means it didn't start thinking about it that day. You don't move a thousand sheep in a day. You don't wake up, have some Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits, and then decide, I think I'll take a thousand sheep to the top of the mountain today. Number one, you can't handle ten sheep without a good dog. And you sure can't handle a thousand sheep without maybe some dogs, but definitely a lot of people that are all moving in unison. Come on, somebody. To drive that offering, to drive that sacrifice in the direction that it should go. The Bible says that he offered a thousand burnt offering as his way of saying, God, I appreciate you. I'm here for you. It was a time of giving. It was a set aside time of giving. But you don't move that kind of livestock around without having some logistics and some plans in place. That's why we set aside about a month to prepare for this because we not only want to ask God how, you know, what would you have us play? We want to have some time to navigate the logistics of making that come to pass. We want to be able, we want to be able to hear God's voice. This is not one of those situations where we're saying, Hey, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the shift in the, in the atmosphere and the room is one thing. This is something that we do on a consistent basis as our way of saying what you have done for us, God, is beautiful. We appreciate it and we love it. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. And that takes some time and some logistics. So the Bible says in, in, in chapter number three, he, he offers a thousand burnt offerings. In chapter number five, we, we read where uh, the scripture says that, that, that he purposed to build the temple. It's the same temple where the western wall or the wailing wall is exposed over in Jerusalem right now. The, the way that they built it was beautiful. They didn't, they didn't use tools where they were, where they were literally on the job site. They would have the stones cut and hewn just perfectly off site and they would bring them in and they would stack them in. And it was an incredible endeavor to the point it took, listen to this, seven years to build the temple. 
You know, I, I, I heard something one time and I like it. I believe Solomon had a cathedral mentality. So we are not building, and we could do this, and I'm not knocking anybody that does. I'm just saying, we're not building just an A-frame structure that we throw a tent over the top of, which there's times for that. But we are building a cathedral that as long as the earth remains, it will be a house of God and people will be driving by and seeing there must be some people that go there that love our God and love people because they radically invested even understanding that it would take resources, it would take money, it would take time, and it would take talent. Anything that you can do quickly is probably not It's probably not something that's going to last a long time. If you can't instill anything in your children, one of the best things you can instill in them is the fastest way to their dreams is slow and steady. So many times we, we feel like we're behind schedule, but if we just went a little bit higher in our thought process and saw where God had taken us from, we would realize, you know, we're a lot further along than maybe we give ourselves or we give the situation credit for. So in this time, the Bible says that Solomon offered up a thousand sacrifices and then something crazy happened. They, 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 for seven years, they built the temple and they used cedar from here and they used the stones from here and all the people gathered together. And listen, they took and, and overlaid practically the whole thing with gold. Now on one side you go, well, that, that sounds wasteful. On the other side, it sounds like heaven to me. So, so they overlay practically the whole thing with gold. And after seven years, they finally built it. So when it came time to basically kind of commemorate the end of the temple or the, or the end of the construction of the temple, you would have thought everybody would have been depleted. You would have thought everybody was out of resources. How many of you believe Solomon probably was a guy who would do his best? Just wave at me. So before he built the temple, the best he could do was a thousand burnt offerings. The Bible says when he commissioned or commemorated the temple, that he offered up 22,000 cows that day. And 120,000 sheep. 142,000 sacrifices. Seven After seven years, the only thing they were doing for seven years was giving and sowing and working and giving and sowing and working. And if you were in the world, you would have nothing. You would have less than nothing. You would be up to your eyeballs in debt. But when you get involved in kingdom resources, your capacity goes from the best I got's a thousand, but now the best I got is 142,000. See, it's a shift. Seed, time, harvest. So when we start getting focused on a program and a project like this, and when I say focused, I mean focused. The same amount of water that will make a mess on your kitchen table, if you run it through a pressure washer, will cut bricks. The only difference, focus. Instead of it just spilling anywhere it wants to go, you take it and you drive it through a very small space with focus and force behind it. And the things that stopped you before are now breaking in front of your face. See, it's a, it's a beautiful, powerful thing to get connected to a vision. Because when you get connected to a vision, the Bible says you become a partaker of every grace that's on this house. 
Just like the Perez family here. Everything that ever happens at New Heights Church, their fingerprints are on the foundation of. Because they are in partnership. I don't want to bore you with the Greek, but that word is koinonia. And it means when you win, we win. It also means, get this, if you fight, we fight. You know, I come from a, a family, I have two brothers and, and a dad and a mom. And if you had a problem with one of us, unfortunately, you had a problem with all of us. I think society has lost some of that. I found Jesus to be faithful even when I had challenges. And I see that as the example, not as let me see if I agree with you before I verify that I love you. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean you should hate somebody. Just because you don't agree doesn't mean you can't love somebody. On the exact contrary, when you and I get focused together towards a cause and a vision, that koinonia anointing gets on you. And according to the book of Philippians, every grace that's on that particular minister or ministry gets on your house. It's a radical shift. I want to give a little bit of information about where we've been I want to give a little bit of information about where we are. I want to give a little bit of information about where we're going. It's a completely different thing when we decide to focus at this level. Because God, this being a seed-based kingdom, is looking for people to send seed to and through. So when, when the kingdom starts to expand, that's the opportunity for kingdom builders to expand with the kingdom. Because when you identify yourself as a sower, the Bible said God provides seed to sowers. So in this process, we're going to spend the next few weeks praying, what would God have us do? What would he have us commit? Why would he have us commit? How much? You want to make sure and definitely, if you're married, include your, include your husband or wife. But also, if your kids are older enough, old enough, include your children in this. For the sake of them understanding. And let me just say this. This is for somebody. Because I had no intention of saying this. Your faith is going to have to let God be their God too. Don't you ever protect your kids from giving. And it, listen, you can't be more about giving than I am. I'm a, I'm a sower from way back. But I even I feel it sometimes. When my kids come to me and they bring their piggy bank and it's got $100 in it, say, I just want to give it all. Now, there's some wisdom there and you can teach them things. Well, hang on now. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. But don't you stop your kids from giving because they have a giving heart. Don't you protect your children from giving. Think about what the day would have looked like if that little boy hadn't given his lunch. Sometimes they got a revelation and we got to catch up with it. Does this make sense? Give God a hand of praise right there. All right, for the next few minutes, I want to talk about our reach. I want to talk about what God has done and is doing in our life. Because right now, clearly, we're out of capacity in the house. But one of the things that I get reports on that, that everybody doesn't necessarily get to see is what our reach looks like outside the building. And so many times we're having a radical impact that we don't even know. 
We spend as much money, time, and resources on making sure that people outside this, outside of these four walls can hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that we spend as much or more in those areas oftentimes because it's the way of the world today. Jesus went and he went to the marketplace. He went to the seaside. He went to the temple. He went where people are. So for you and for me, it is, it is the place where people all gather at this point. So for you and for me to reach out into these areas, it is absolutely critical that we send the gospel and the message of the kingdom out. So in 2021 alone, just through the month of October, we have had over 130,000 views on Facebook and YouTube. Give God a hand of praise right there. That's 130,000 people that can't get in this room. But we're not saying the only way that we're willing to get the word out is if people will come to us. The Bible says, go into all the world. And that's our goal. The Bible says that you and me are ambassadors of Christ. And if they don't hear about it from us, who will they hear about him from? Facebook engagement, over 90,000. Don't ask me to explain that, but it's got to be good. Here's the one I really like. People view our services from over 19 different countries. New Heights Music, right in the middle of a pandemic, we released our first single. And we've had uh, over 14, almost 15,000 views and listens from 10 different countries. Our reach is global. Our reach is expanding. Everybody say expanding. This is very important because many churches are contracting. I'm not here to talk about churches. I'm just telling you it's a fact. Matter of fact, I got a, I got a, a statistic given to me by somebody who should know that 35% of the churches in America never opened back up. Now think about that for a minute. That means people now have a chance of hearing the gospel from a church that has been reduced by 35% in the nation that is under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I feel the gravity of that. I feel feel the gravity of... It doesn't take everybody, but it does take somebody. When 35% of the churches in America are shutting down, we have the obligation to expand. We have the obligation to not just increase our capacity here, but increase our reach there. Because I promise you, this will not be the only city we take. Matter of fact, we're in year nine. The Lord has already told me once we cross a decade, he's going to release us to go take other cities. And we're going to do it. We're going to go. We're going to go take other nations. We're going to go take other nations with the gospel. Some of you, your children are going to come right out of high school and college and go right into ministry, and it'll be in some other town, some other city, potentially some other. Some of it will be right here, but some of it will be in other nations, other cities, and they'll just tell you this. And mom and dad, I, I don't know. I just, I just love orphans. I don't know why I love orphans. I love orphans. They love orphans because your seed has a harvest on it. I'm talking about expanding. I'm talking about not contracting. 
I'm talking about letting the world see that there is a God that will supply our needs according to his riches and glory and not according to the economy, the inflation, or whoever's in office or not in office. Republican or Democrat, the gospel has to be preached. I want to talk a little bit about our home. Somebody say home. We're sitting at New Heights Church. 8125 Turkey Creek Road, College Station, Texas. A few years ago, I believe five years ago, it was an absolute miracle that, we're, that we have this property that we have now. We needed $300,000 to buy it. Fortunately, at the time, I think we had about 5000 And God moved. You want to know how he moved? He moved through his people. I'll never forget... When I was so excited because I knew God had told us to buy this building and I went and put a contract on the building and everything was ready to go and I was excited and I called some of my friends that were pastors and I thought they'd be excited because the Lord had spoken uh, to me about it and the first pastor is a real good friend of mine. He said, oh gosh, I hope you didn't put a contract on it. I said, excuse me, what? He said, well, you know, it's almost summertime. People don't go to church in the summer. I said, who doesn't go to church in the summer? Are you crazy? He said, I'm just saying, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to do it. You don't, don't try to raise money in the summer. So number one, I'm not raising money. I'm giving people the opportunity to be blessed. Big difference. He said, well, I'm just saying. I said, well, I don't need to talk to you anymore. (laughs) Kind of got weird. Be honest with you. But when you're, when you're walking on water, you don't need people to tell you how quick you're going to sink. When you're walking on water, you need people to start talking about how your sandals will float. So the Lord miraculously did it through his people, and we're sitting in a miracle right now. We paid $1.5 million for this house. We recently, because of the timeline that we're in, we got an appraisal done on the property. So in the short time since we bought the property at $1.5 million, we have a recent appraisal as is, just as you see it right now, for $2.3 million. While they were doing it, they said, we'd like to do an as-built appraisal too. Now, this as-built means when, when all of the infrastructure is in, when all the parking lots are done, not necessarily with the building. The building by itself is not included in this appraisal. Just the parking, the logistics, and the infrastructure takes our property to an appraised value of $3.4 million. I don't know about you, but that's right at $2 million increase in value sitting right here. Our property touches Texas A&M property. What are the odds they'll ever sell it? Our next neighbor... That way, if you just go past that stop sign, so we own all the way to that corner, you go past that stop sign is a master plan development. There are companies right down there on the health science corridor that have been critical in fighting actually COVID-19. Some of the most important discoveries in America have happened right there. You see all the housing coming up. So God has equipped us, and, and in this process, we've spent almost a half a million dollars on the project. Listen to this. And now we are fully approved from the city and everything is progressing rapidly. Let me just say this. We spent almost a half a million dollars on the project and haven't added one dollar of debt. 
This is what happens when God gets involved in a situation. So our, our reach, we have to reach out of here, but we do need a base, a home, as particularly a hub. As a matter of fact, I was in uh, Lamarck, Texas a couple of weeks ago at a conference and, and my uncle had asked me to speak a little bit and, and, and I was there and, and there was a guy there named Pastor Sammy Rodriguez. You may know him. He stopped in the middle of his service and he looks at me and he began to prophesy to me and he began to prophesy what I don't think I've ever said to anybody except Crystal. Word by word including words that, that only a person from East Texas would use. And this brother's from California. But one of the primary things is he said, God's going to make New Heights Church and College Station a hub of revival. People are going to, listen, we are strategically located right next to uh, uh, Easterwood Airport and right next to a hotel here, hotels there, because people are going to fly in to College Station at New Heights Church so that they can be healed and blessed. They're going to hear about the miraculous and they're going to say, I must go there. I must get my family there. And they're going to come and they're going to get bathed in the anointing of revival. And they're going to go back and they're going to change their city because God needs an outlet to pour from. This is our home. Now, let me talk a little bit about our impact. Somebody say impact. Many of us know that one of the things we do here is we highly value widows and orphans. The reason that we highly value widows and orphans is, number one, because we're Christian. But the scripture says very clearly that pure religion and undefiled, pure religion undefiled is basically how you deal with widows and orphans. That word religion in the original language is more closely related to the word worship. So it's pure worship is what do you do with people that have nothing? What do you do? So for you and for me, our goal has been to take a radical impact. We have one particular partner that's our biggest partner. We partner with many ministries all over the world. But our biggest ministry partner in the area of widows and orphans is a guy named Brother Ivan Tate. Brother Ivan Tate has a ministry called What Matters Most Ministries. He does a phenomenal job. Uh, he does a phenomenal job ministering. There, there, in, in Guatemala, there's over 130 kids. There's over 100 widows that we built homes for and we feed on, on, a, on, a, on a daily basis. We take care of all their medical needs, take care of all their utility needs, all the logistics of getting them to and from, anything that they need until they die. Many of the kids that grew up at Costa Angelina are now in college or are already professionals. Some are becoming engineers. Some are becoming interpreters. The smartest kid, according to the, the, the nation of Guatemala, is enrolled in Casa Angelina Private Christian School. He outscored every other student in the nation of Guatemala in an assessment test. Most of these kids were pulled from dumpsters, sleeping under trash. Could you imagine the smartest child in the nation was covering himself in garbage bags and rubbish. But God's people showed up. I said God's people showed up. So our impact is, is, is far and wide. Matter of fact, before I, I share much of that, what I'd like to do is just show you a video specifically from Cos Angelina, which is one of our, our biggest partners. Big thank you on behalf of Brother Ivan and all of us here at Casa Angelina. 
and at What Matters Ministries and Missions for, for your such amazing support for us here. I really want to uh, just say thank you. Uh, your pastors, Brian and, and Crystal, you guys are amazing. Uh, and I want to show you a little bit and just talk to you a little bit of what of all you guys are, are sowing into here at Casa Angelina. We've had an amazing year this year, uh, filled with a lot of activities, a lot of fun for the kids. It's been an amazing year of growth. Uh, all the children that, that are here that are growing up, you know, we've got a hundred over 130 children here at Casa Angelina. And now uh, we've just had another 10 graduate this year. And so we'll have 20 students in college this next year. We're so excited about that. You guys are helping to provide for the food for the children, for their clothing, for all of the staff that takes care of them, for the medical staff as well. They get all the medical treatment that they need. Also their education. You know, they've never seen people in their family graduate from college, graduate from high school, uh, even go to high school. Their education is so important. It really breaks the cycle of poverty. And we're really wanting to empower these children to go out and to dream and to see their dreams come true. And it's really amazing to watch. We also have 105 widows now in our widows program, which is just amazing that we can have that impact on them and take care of them. So this is a family that has just been rescued, the Rakanak family. Put them to see hola. Hola. <laughs> and they just, yeah, hola. <laughs> they just came to us uh, as a brand new rescue because their, their mom was on drugs and uh, had left them, abandoned them at a home. And uh, so they brought them to Casa Angelina. And we're so grateful that they were here. They were so happy to come here. We show these kids a lot of love and affection and, and care and they get all the snacks they need, all the food they need, and uh, they don't have to hide food. And because of your support, these kids are going to be raised up here with the love of Jesus. They're going to uh, have all the education that they need for an amazing future that they don't even know is possible yet. It's just so exciting to see them come and, and to see the potential of these kids here and just the fact that we get to love on them. Okay, adios. Adios. One of the girls here, Wendy, uh, that has been with us. Come on in, Wendy. She's been with us since she was uh, two years old, and I wanted to, to share with to share with you a little bit about her story. Hi, I'm Wendy. I'm 18 years old. Uh, I came to Casangelina when I was two years old. I came to Casangelina with my siblings because my parents were alcoholics and they never took care about us. And all of that changed when we came to Casangelina because in Casangelina they show us love, they took care about us, and and they gave us the opportunity to know Jesus. Really, Casangelina changed our lives. I just want to say thank you to you and thanks to everything that Casangelina has done for me. Next year I'm going to start university to be an interpreter, and I'm so happy for that. And I just want to say thank you to God and for you guys for everything that you have done. Really, thank you. Uh, isn't that awesome? I just like, honestly, to, to see her grow up from two years old to now, she's a miracle. And she's one of a lot of testimonies here that we have of, of kids that are really getting, getting a hold of Jesus and uh, had their lives changed, healed, and, uh, and being set free. And so... The future is beautiful for these children, and I just want to say your, thanks to your partnership, you're sowing into these children. You're seeing God's kingdom come here in Casa Angelina, and we just want to say thank you so much. You guys are amazing, and we love you. Hi. Bye.
Isn't that beautiful? So that's what we're doing at Casa Angelina. And year to date this year, so just 2021, listen to this. Through New Heights Church, the faithfulness of God's people here, we've sent over $396,000 as the biggest partner that they have. Not just $400,000 to Casa Angelina, but we've sent over $130,000 on top of that to fund other ministries, plant churches, and launch ministries all over the world. Come on, give God a hand of praise. That's over $527,000, and I promise you that number's going up before the end of the year. Just in these conversations of, of construction and everything, I had a conversation with a bank recently a couple of months ago, and they said, they said, well, we want to look at your project, want to look at this, I said, okay. They said, well, can we, can we have an idea of what your church, you know, what your church is about? So we showed them some things, and they said, wait a minute, we've never seen this. I said, what? Our giving outside of the church is radically more than the entire payroll of the church. They've said, we've never seen that before. I said, well, that's why we are so blessed. It's not because we, we, we're all, listen, I'm not trying to say you're not smart. I'm just saying we might not be the smartest people on the planet. But what we will do is believe God. What we will do is follow after God. So much of what's happening at New Heights Church is tied to the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of His people that follow after Him. So I talked a little bit about our reach, our home, and our impact. Now, I just want to give a couple of notes on our cause. Because, sure, it's beautiful to be able to say, you know what, our church uh, used to used to be this tiny little thing because, you know, it was nine years ago, my wife and I with our kids came over here. We didn't know one human in the whole county when God told us to come here. And things just began to shift and change so quickly. And and, and in hindsight, it looks quick, but I, I, it just feels brick by brick. And I'm okay with that. But it's just this, this beautiful cause. And I, I thank God for our impact. I thank God for this house. And I, I thank God that we're able to reach people. And I, I thank that we're able to, to do all these things. But really at the, at the base of it all is our lives changing. That's what I want to know. And in 2021, just through the month of October, so the first 10 months, listen, we had over 1,078 first-time guests on property. Over 1,000 people documented have visited New Heights Church just through October this year. And to visit is one thing. But over 500 of them gave their life to Jesus or rededicated their life to Jesus. It's a radical opportunity for you and me to rise up and build. So I want to I wanna talk to you about two distinct areas of commitment. Sacred Sunday is coming up December 12th. I don't want to bore you with numbers, and I'm not crazy about numerology at all, but numbers in the Bible usually have a significant impact. The number 10 is always the number of testing. There were 10 plagues. There's 10 commandments. There were uh, 10 virgins with their oil. 10 is always the number of testing. Tithe is really the last heart test on the planet. You pass the heart test, everything else opens up to you. The windows of heaven open up to you when you pass that test. 10 is always the number of testing. 12 is always the number of government. I believe in the name of Jesus 
And I didn't, I didn't think about any of this whenever we, we, we declared Sacred Sunday this year. Sacred Sunday is 12, 12, 21. 21 is just 12, just somebody wrote it wrong. But I believe God is saying that he's going to increase our governmental authority. And don't, don't picture the city or the state or the, or the federal government when I'm talking about that. Government means the ruling and the reigning. I believe our church is graduating to higher levels. I believe that we have been faithful with a little. I'm still calling these numbers little. And God is about to let us be faithful with a lot. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Two distinct areas of commitment. We're asking for you to pray about a large breakthrough seed on or before December 12th. 12, 12, 21. Think about the, the number of governors. 12 disciples. 12 tribes of Israel. The first words we heard Jesus speak, or at least we saw him recorded, was when he was 12. I believe God has ordained this for you and me to be a part of it. And I'm asking you to figure out with time, in time with God, what would he have you and your family do as a breakthrough seed? We need several million dollars right now. And I don't mind telling you. Because for us, we believe God supplies our need according to his riches. So a part of our job is to create a need. Because he doesn't supply whenever you already have. He supplies your need. So you can live in the supply my needs for my light bill and all that other stuff. Or you can break out and say, supply my need because I'm expanding the kingdom. Everything else is taken care of. But now I got this big expansion need. So I'm asking you to seek God. On or before December 12th, our kingdom builders, we're going to get together on December 10th and we're going to sow, uh, uh, we're going to sow that night. The second area of commitment is a 12 month commitment to rise up and build over and above your regular tithes and offerings. Over and above your regular tithes and offerings. That's either a weekly or a monthly amount that's set apart so that you can say, I'm not just going to do this one time, but I'm going to get committed to this. I'm going to see the hand of God move in this area. You can do it all kind of different ways. Matter of fact, our ushers have some packets that I'm going to ask them to pass out right now. Uh, in this packet, it's going to be a magazine with some information in it. It's also got a letter from Pastor Crystal and me. There's a commitment card that I'm asking you to turn in on Sacred Sunday so that we'll have an idea of where we are in this project. That commitment card is going to notate your breakthrough seed. It's also going to notate your 12-month commitment. We're going to have our giving on Sacred Sunday. If you've never been to a Sacred Sunday at New Heights Church, it's one of the holiest events of the year. It's radical. The reason it's holy is because what we sow is holy to God. It's set apart. It's set apart for a purpose. It represents what we took, what, what, what it took from us to go get it. So if you sow $100,000 as a breakthrough seed, God doesn't look at that as $100,000. He looks at it as whatever it took for you to go get that. That part of your life is in that offering bucket. That's how he looks at it. So the first area is that breakthrough seed. The second is the second area. Thank you, Jake. The second area is the is the 12 month commitment and this this magazine it's got just some some great testimonial pictures it's got uh, some great encouragement it's got uh, an offering envelope or two as well as your commitment card you'll be able to do all of this online of course uh, you can give you can give to the project 
just like we give any other way with envelopes, you can give with uh, online by mail. But also, many of you have stocks and investments. You can actually transfer stocks to the church. If you don't have stocks, you can ignore me for a second. But those of us who do, you know exactly what I'm saying. If you sell your stock, that's a taxable situation. But you can donate those shares, those those stock certificates. You can donate those very easily. You can donate those. The church has an account set up just for this purpose. And then that donation is still a charitable donation to you. But you don't have the taxable events before that. So if you want to do it that way. And also, I found out... Uh, we're also going to be, listen to this, don't, don't think this is crazy. We're also getting set up to uh, accept cryptocurrency as a donation. Oh, really? Woo, woo, woo. Because apparently it's a taxable situation there. If you sell them first and then try to donate the money, um, you can. So anyway, very soon we'll have that set up as well where you can actually donate crypto uh, to the church and you won't have to have a taxable event beforehand. So we're we're... We're just trying to be as wise as possible. Can you say amen to that? So I'm asking you to pray about it, but then I've also got this confession. Everybody open your, your little magazine up to the middle. Then we're going to have to get out of here so somebody's sitting in your lap. So this can tear out real easily. That's why we put it in the middle. What I want you to do is set this in some prominent place in your house where you can see it. And at the bottom, there's a rise up and build daily confession of faith. It says this, I declare this project is paid in full in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for using me to help see this come to pass. Amen. And I'm asking you to make that confession every single day. I'm asking you to make that confession of faith with us because the power of life and death is in your mouth and we want life on this project. We want to see it come to pass. Can you give God a hand of praise this morning? Come on, let's all stand to our feet. Sacred Sunday, December 12th. Be praying about it. Matter of fact, here's how we're going to dismiss today. Everybody open your magazine up to that middle section. I think we ought to just make this powerful declaration of faith together before we leave. It's going to be a beautiful, wonderful season. One that you're going to tell your grandkids about. Many of your great, great grandkids will come to this building that we're building and be set apart by God for a purpose. They'll have their vision uh, from God uh, solidified in the presence of Almighty God. We already have people drive by here, come to church that had no intention of doing it. And they always say, they, they say things like this. I don't know what it was, but something just pulled me into the parking lot. That's the presence of God. That's what we're living in. So let's do this. Let's make this bold declaration of faith. Say this. I declare this project is paid in full in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for using me to help see this come to pass. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.